first time here. I'm Joel and my beautiful wife, Jamie. We got three kids and they are a lot of fun. Not a whole lot of sleep going on, but we are having a lot of fun. Do I look okay? There's no makeup for men. So I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the best that I can. I shaved a little bit for you this morning. So here we are. So if you got your Bibles, I want you to go to Colossians chapter 2, and we're continuing our series on Rooted. Everybody say Roots. We are getting rooted. We are getting established in the Word of God and what we know to be true. Right? Right? A lot of times we just look at, oh, what's the next thing? What's the next thing that I can be studying? What's the next greatest revelation? A lot of times we spend time in the Word of God looking for new things. We're, we're nixing that. It's great. Of course, God can download things to you. But right now, what a lot of times we see in scriptures is we got to get rooted in what we already know to be true. Amen? Because again, we don't want just head knowledge. We want working knowledge of the Word of God. So it's not just up here. I don't know. Anybody ever meet a Christian that just has full of head knowledge? I went to Bible school. How many Bible school people we got in the room? Listen. Hey, yeah. I went to school with you. I went to Bible school. The same one as that cop over there. We went to the same Bible school. I came out with a lot of good information, a lot of good knowledge. And you know what? The biggest thing that I found, I mean, this, this school was amazing. I loved it. I encourage you. If you're looking to grow in your walk with the Lord, grow in your knowledge of the Word of God, impact you is for you. You need to get in there. You need to get the Word of God in you. But it's not just that's the end point. I mean, I thought I knew it all. I went to Bible school for six months and went, ah, oh, the boat takes care of it. I think I got this whole thing covered. Man, there is so much more. There's working knowledge called revelation knowledge. And that's what God wants to get to you and I this morning. And I believe that's what we're going to have. Amen? I believe that. You believe it? You're expecting inside information this morning. All right. Me too. Good. So Colossians chapter 2. And uh, we're going to just kick it off here for a moment. Verse 6, it says, and now. Everybody say, and now. So right now, this very moment, February 10th, right now, just as you've accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to what? Follow him. And then what does he say? Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then, everybody say then. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Now, I just, I love this. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. A lot of us know a lot of truths and we've heard a lot of good things from the word of God. That's awesome. Now we got to get rooted in it so our faith can actually be working. Got to get established in it. And the question that I actually, rather than just jumping right into this, I uh, just just praying, you know, Jamie, as you just mentioned, we've been spending a lot of time recently just praying for this church family. And just as she said, I want to echo that we love this church family. Thank you for who you are. I mean, if you really think about it, this is an amazing church family. We're, we're, we're tight, we're, we're close, but at the same time, it's very welcoming. So if this is your first time here, this is not a clicky church. We don't believe in clicks at all. Clicks are lame. Yeah, a few people. I always wanted to be part of one. Well, this is not the place to do that. We are open here. Our arms are extended to anyone. Anyone who comes through these doors are welcome in here. This is who we are because we want to showcase who our Jesus is. Now, not only are you just welcome, but the cool thing is, is God's going to change you. I mean, we love you the way that you are, but thank God you're not going to stay that way. <laughs> May want to look at your neighbor and say, thank God you're here, but you need to change. And all of us do. And that's what we're going to be talking a little bit about. <laughs> Some of you didn't say it because you're a little nervous. It's vital that you change. Because if you just stay the way that you are, Lord knows it's going to get pretty boring. 
And it's not going to be very godly. We've got to make some changes in our lives, and that's what I want to talk about, is just even getting rooted. Now, how do I get rooted in the Word of God? How do I get rooted and established in the truth that I've been taught? Number one, this is it. I'm just going to give this one little piece here. You have to make a quality decision to get rooted. You have to make a quality decision that I'm going to be rooted in the Word of God, and this is the decision, is that I'm going to live by what God says. So how do I get rooted? How do I see my life get established in the Word of God? I must make a quality decision that I'm going to live my life based on what He says. That's it. That's how I'm going to live my life. So whatever God says in His Word, I'm going to live by it. I'm going to think on it. I'm going to allow it to change the way that I think so that I can become rooted and established in it. Now, I'm not going to be looking for other people's opinions. I'm not going to be looking up to see if people are, you know, they think that's a good idea for me to do things. No, I'm going to the Word of God. And what the Word says, that's it. I'm glad we're on the same page. If you want to see people that are establishing and people that are seeing results in their Christian life, and isn't that the name of the game? We want to see results. What's the difference? People have made a quality decision that whatever God says is what I believe. I have to go by that because let me just ask you this question. Who's calling the shots in your life? Who's calling the shots? Why do you make the decisions that you make? Whether it's financial, whether it's relational, whether it's emotional, whatever is going out there with your kids, who is calling the shots? Why do you do what you do? Right? And of course, we all know we make the decisions, but what's influencing that decision? Are you spending time getting to the Word of God and finding out what does the Word have to say about my situation? Or am I going to Facebook? Now, I'm not going to get on Facebook, but just for real now for a moment. A lot of times people go, what's the high thought of the day? What's the culture talking about today? That is not where we go to find our answer. It's not a political debate that's going on out there. It's we got to go to what this says. Right? we got to stick to what this says. Can I get an uh-huh? uh-huh? Come on, somebody. This is, this is a decision. This will change your life from being wishy-washy to, why is everything going so wrong in my life, to going, this is what he says, I believe it. This is what separates those that are effective in the kingdom of God and those that are just, you know, along for the ride and hoping something takes place. Nothing with God is accidental. Everything is intentional. If something happened to you, that was God's mercy trying to get to you. But he doesn't expect you to live that way. You have to consistently come back to the word. What does the word say? Because whatever I'm seeing in my life is a result of what I believe and what I put in. Oh, come on now, somebody. Right? God is not a communist. (laughs) <laughs> just going to throw that out there. All right. So I'll give you a couple of characteristics of the Word of God. Because let me prove this. 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16 and 17. And actually, if you, Jamie and I, we actually spent some time reading this whole chapter, 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I would encourage you, read it from the Passion Bible for a moment. It's actually what you see in culture and all the things that are being made. And I mean, you know, talking about abortion, talking about all this stuff that's taking place. Read 2 Timothy chapter 3 and just see this, that God is not moved by what's going on. He called this 2,000 years ago. He saw all this take place, so he's not moved. But at the very end of this whole thing, so he lays out people will be lovers of themselves. People will be obsessed with money. They'll be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of good and lovers of God. And then he goes on at the very end of the chapter, he says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to do what? To teach what is true. What is true? Everybody, we need some truth. We need an absolute truth that we can go by. And he's saying this is right here. The Word of God teaches us what is true. And what else does it do? 
it makes us realize what is wrong in my wife's life. <laughs> Did you say anybody read it that way? No, it makes what's wrong in, in our life. Say my life. So the word of God is there to impact and to show you what's wrong in <laughs> a lot of times. And I've seen a lot of, you know, different people do this. They take the scriptures and they use it to say what's wrong in somebody else's life. Nowhere in the scripture do you see that. You see it for what the scriptures use for, what is wrong in my life. <laughs> I knew I thought I was going to get an applaud and a run around and yeah, yeah, that's so true. It's well, it'll make you happy later. What is wrong in our own lives? And notice this, it, come on, say it again, it corrects us. So what does that mean? I have to take on the mentality and the heart set of I am going to be corrected. I am open for correction because I can be wrong. Let's just say this together. I can be wrong. I am wrong. Okay, I think you have to go a little further. I have been wrong. Now, I know, don't you, I know you're thinking, my wife has been wrong. My husband, no, 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 I have been wrong. <laughs> my wife very seldomly is wrong. It's actually quite annoying in our, in our marriage. <laughs> we had a little, uh, she can't help it. We had a little uh, conversation <laughs> this past Monday, and uh, it was wonderful. It was to the point where I don't even want to go on this hour and a half date that we have together. And... Uh, well, I said, well, you're coming with me anyway. Let's, let's go. <laughs> so at the end of the day, she bought me a, real, a book, and it was real sweet, and we had a good time. But the reason behind all this is I, I can't win against her. She's just so smart. It's very frustrating. So I need a smart friend. Any smart friends I can text during the heat of conversation, that'd be great. But it corrects us when we're wrong, and then notice not just the correction, and then it teaches, to do what is, to teaches us to do what is right. So if you are not spending quality time in the Word of God, it is impossible for correction to come into your life. If you're not spending quality time in the Word of God, it's impossible to, for you to realize what is true. So we got a lot of Christians today, and I mean, we'll just talk about this, that think abortion is okay, that thinking homosexuality is okay, all this kind of stuff. And we, what are we doing? We, we just got to accept everybody. Yeah, we, we accept, we welcome everyone, but that's not the way that they got to stay. That's not, Jesus preached love and repentance, not love and acceptance. That's what he preached. That's what he taught. The first message he preached was repent, which means have a new mindset. It doesn't mean you ball and squall. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. No, it just means I'm going to take a new thought. That's all that it means. So Jesus' first message was repent. Change the way you think, for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's all that he's saying. So it's the same thing with you and I. If we're not spending quality time in this, we have. how do we know what's true? Because society, we're letting society dictate and tell us how we're supposed to live. Forget about it. They don't know. They have no idea how to live. We do. Come on, somebody. Okay. All right. No. We're good. Now, if you've ever fell into some of those things, there's no condemnation in Christ. There's forgiveness. There's welcoming. There's grace. There's mercy. I mean, I've met people who have had abortions. Thank God. God's love doesn't just go, oh, that's enough. No, we embrace you. We, he'll come in and hug you in. And guess what? When you get to heaven, you get to meet your baby. They're there. They're all there. So that's the good news about this whole thing. So if you've ever fallen into some of that stuff, hey, welcome. You're in. Now let's just see what's right. Let's, let's go to the Word so that we can live our right life truthfully. Right? That's it. And then verse 17. This is not my message. I'm just, I'm just warming up because it's minus 28. We've just got to warm up a little bit. 
Now notice what it says. God uses what? <laughs> God uses it. The Word to do what? To prepare and to equip His people for every good work. So God is not using trials and persecutions and troubles and all the hard stuff that you go through in life to tr prepare you to do every good work. That's a religious mindset that has crept into the church that God uses the hard things in life to teach you something, to prepare you, and to do every good work. That's not what my Bible says. That's not what the screen says. My Bible says that God uses His Word to prepare us for what? Every good work. And He equips us with it. So you and I, the book that you have in your lab, let me encourage you, let this be a decision, a quality decision that you make today. If the Word of God has not been that for you, make a quality decision starting today. I mean, I did this with the Lord a few years ago, just had good communion with the Lord, and I said, Lord, what you say in your Word, I believe it. I'm going to stand on this regardless of what other people think, regardless of what other people say, regardless how the persecution may come. I am going to stand on what your Word says because it is true. I have to have something. We have to have a truth that we make decisions on. Otherwise, we're basing it off of emotion. We're basing it off of what culture says. And we got to stick to the word. If you are a Christian, this is how we live our life. Right? Amen. Okay. So, Colossians chapter 1. I'm, I'm, I'm good. My little tangent's over. I'm good. <laughs> now, just before I read First Corinthians or Colossians 1, you know, one of the greatest things why you can base your life on this is because the word of God never changes. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, the Lord said, I am the Lord, I change not. Uh, Hebrews 10, verse, or sorry, 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same. So he's the same Jesus as he was 2,000 years ago. He's the same today. He's going to be the same tomorrow. So when you say, Lord, everything that you say, I believe, what you're doing is you're basing it on a truth that is unchangeable, it can never change. Whereas constantly you have to look at news. They're always updating on events that already happened. they got new newspapers come out every single day. Why? Because they can't keep up with all the new information that's coming. But this never needs to be updated. It's perfect. Right? It's perfect. So I want you just to put such a high value on the Word of God this morning. Let's just honor this word. Every word that's said from this word, let's just honor it. Let's put it in such a high respect, high esteem. Let's put the word on a pedestal because it deserves everything about us. We're saved because of it, right? Okay. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. It says this, For he has, he has, past, present, future tense, past, he has done this, he has rescued us from the kingdom. And the word kingdom, again, don't, I don't want you just to say he's taken me from hell and now I'm in heaven. No, he's rescued me from the domain, from the leadership and the rule of darkness. And what has he done? He's transferred me into the kingdom or the domain, the rulership, the authority of his dear son. Now I'm under the leadership. I'm under a new heading. I'm under the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave all of our sins. Right? Now, we talked a little bit last week. If I've been, I'm not going to go into this much detail. If you missed last week, I encourage you, man, you got to see that. you got to hear what was being talked about because we've kind of finished it off. And what Jamie mentioned a little earlier, letting the revelation of righteousness piercing our consciousness. This is how we have to think that I am right. Now, if I've been taken out of darkness and I've been placed in light, now, if I've been taken, what's the darkness lifestyle? What's in the kingdom of darkness? If you think of the kingdom of Satan, what's there? Despair, death, 
sickness, fear, poverty, death, addiction, death. <laughs> what else? Immorality, just death. <laughs> right? I've been taken out of that, and now I'm in the kingdom of God's dear son. What's over here? Life. Joy. Peace. Grace. Love. Prosperity. Healing. Forgiveness. Wisdom. Sunshine on the forest makes me happy. So if I've been taken out of this, and I'm now in this, if I've been taken out of sin, and now I've been placed here, I am right. I used to, over here, I was a sinner. Right? How many of you were in this place before? Everybody's hand should be up in the air. All right. <laughs> Everybody born on this planet starts off here because of Adam. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, don't worry. It'll be okay. But now what happens? The Bible says you must be born again. And how do you do that? You accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And spiritually speaking, you are reborn. That old man, that old sin nature has died. Behold, the fresh and new has come over here. I can't be a sinner. How could I be in the kingdom of God and still be a sinner? It doesn't work. My nature's changed. So what am I now? I am... Come on, we sang it about 18 times. You better... <laughs> I'm blame, blameless. I'm righteous before my God. He looks at me and he says, you're right. No matter what you've done in the past, no matter how horrible it may have been, no matter the maybe how crazy the mistakes you've made, you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're right. He looks at you and says, I find no fault in you. Now, don't go reminding him of the things that you've done. He doesn't remember it. It's a really good deal for you. Don't talk about it. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> it's a really good deal. So what you do is you say, Lord, I want to thank you. I am blameless. That, that's who I am. Receive it. Okay, I believe that. So now, if I've been taken out of that and placed over here, there is a certain lifestyle. And this is what we ended off last week on. So Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4, you see these scriptures on the screen in the New King James Bible. At the very end it says, but the just, those that are declared righteous by God, how will they live? By faith. By faith. Everybody say it with me, by faith. by faith. Next is Romans chapter 1 verse 17. It says, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall Live by faith. Now, I know you may have read these scriptures over and over, but I want this to sink into you. You've got to see this. This is how the just live. If you are righteous, how many of you are righteous? Now, guess what? How do you live? By faith. This is the only way that we live. Now, you think about it. God has done amazing things for us, not only in salvation, but He's actually now given us a new lifestyle that we can live by that is not just you know, succumb to our five physical senses. We don't have to base decisions. We don't have to live just by what we see, by what we touch or what we experience out here. We actually can live from a brand new realm called faith. Faith takes you. Here you are, maybe you're living underneath this little cap. Over here, especially in the sin life, this is all we knew. We followed the passionate desires of our sinful nature. If it felt good, do it. If it felt bad, don't do it. Right? You're acting as if you have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> but all of a sudden on this side, now he, oh, when you're over here, now he gives you a brand new way of living that actually elevates you to see life from a completely different level and it is now through faith. He's given it to us. 
I want you to see that Galatians 3.11. They say it over and over again. But it says, But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And Hebrews 10.38, let's read it out together. Now the just shall live by faith. Now, this morning I'm not going to... Uh, I'm going to just lay a quick foundation in just explaining why faith. Why faith. And before I start with this, I want to just, man, just make a quick shout out to my parents because I am so grateful. This is what I grew up in. I'm so thankful that this church was started from this place of grace and faith. How many of you have heard of grace before? Right? You've, you've heard about grace. You've, man, you've heard people talk about grace. You've heard many sermons on grace. And thank God for His grace because without it, we wouldn't even know what's available to us. But on the other hand, it's not just grace. That's wonderful, but if that's all that there is, there's no way of attaining to it. And faith is the other hand that reaches to grace and receives everything that grace has to offer to us. It's both sides. And I'm so thankful that we have a foundation here of grace and faith. I mean, this is all I knew. I used to dress up as Gospel Bill. Anybody remember Gospel Bill? Come on, somebody. God, yeah, there's a few gospel bills. Nicodemus was the man. The man with many mistakes. We've had Nicodemus in our church a few times. He's wonderful. Still sounds like Nicodemus. Elmer Fudd. You know. I'm going to go fishing. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Well, YouTube it. Just type, go to YouTube and just type in gospel bills. It's a kid's show. And it was all about cowboys shooting bad guys. And just before they died, you led them to the Lord. I mean, how much better can that get? Bang! Do you know Jesus? No, well, repeat this prayer after me because you want to go see him. Like, how awesome is that? So we'd watch that over and over and over again. And then even as kids, we would march around the house and we would make our confessions of faith. So what would we do? Hands in our pockets. We got our diapers on, hat on. You know, you got your little pistols in your slingers. and Slingers? What are Diaper. <laughs> diaper holders. <laughs> there you got your huggies on and... I can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens me? Bang! God is on my side. Bang! The blood of Jesus has covered me. Bang, bang! I'm just, we're just shooting stuff. But that's how we lived our life. And the result is, I'll never forget my huggy days. <laughs> and even right now, that's what we're doing with our boys. We're raising our boys. Boys, we speak the word. We talk what God says about the situation. So right now, I'll just tell you kind of a quick little side journey. We've had a... Some really fun times at bedtime, and uh, uh, we've been just talking to the boys about just praying in tongues and learning to speak in your heavenly language, and that's the direct contact that you have with God. So then Jason and and they get really excited about it, so we got to hold hands, so we kind of sit in, on their beds, and we hold hands, and we just start praying in little in tongues. And so Jason's kind of the same. He just rambles off. Like, he just goes, like, on and on and on. Max kind of, you know, has a few yawns in there. And as he was doing it, he actually stopped at one point and went, cheeseburger, apple juice, french fries. Cheeseburger, apple juice, french fries. Cheeseburger, apple juice, french fries. So we had, and the anointing was in that room. I said, ooh, cheeseburgers. And I said, Max, are you interpreting what you've been saying? Is that the interpretation? Do we need to go to McDonald's right now? Let's go, boy. Let's go. So, <laughs> but I think he was just picking up what Jamie's been throwing down. She's a real McDonald's queen, so we go. But it was just. <laughs> but I just thought it was so funny, man. Every so, anytime you're praying in tongues, I want you to think, cheeseburger, French fries, apple juice, and he just said it over and over as if didn't skip a beat. 
Cheeseburger, apple juice, french fries. Cheeseburger, french fries, apple juice. Cheeseburger, french fries, apple juice. And then me and Jason. What? Cheeseburger, french fries. Hey. I'm, if you're interpreting, I ain't gonna, I'm going to just let you go, man. Oh, man, I love that. But this is how we, we this is the house that we're part of. We're part of this household of faith. We believe what God says. This is what separates people from, you know, just living Christian life to experiencing Christian life. Yes, it's about grace, without the grace of God. But you need faith in order to activate everything that grace has provided for us. So again, what is faith? And this is, or I'm not going to answer that, but why faith? And I want to lay this out just again saying thank you to my parents. Thank you for this church. I mean, I grew up here. But, you know, faith is not a denomination. Faith isn't a movement. Don't you mean people like, oh, the word of faith movement, the blab it and grab it people. It has nothing to do with that. Faith is a lifestyle. Faith is a response. Faith is a way of seeing. Faith is a way of living that is totally different from operating from your five physical senses. And not just that, it's how everybody in the body of Christ is commanded, not suggested, commanded to live. God doesn't look at different, you know, you got, thank God you got different denominations. You got, you know, Baptists, you got Presbyterian, you got Lutherans, you got all these people. And that's wonderful, charismatics. And God didn't just say, now the charismatics, they're going to live by faith. He said, anybody who's declared righteous, live this way. Everybody. So no matter where you come from, I could be a Baptist and be doing the same thing. I have to preach this because it's the word. I'm not preaching a denomination. I'm not preaching because this is just, well, this is our group and this is what we preach. This is the word of God. I, I, would, I wouldn't even dare give you my thoughts or my opinions based on the denomination that I grew up in. That would be so wrong of me. That would be very arrogant of me. I got to stick to what Jesus says in his word. And he said, the just shall live by faith. Four times we see that. And then one other time we see this, that we walk by faith, not by sight. So I, we're kind of out of options. <laughs> this is kind of it for us. This is how we're going to operate. So let me just encourage you, open your heart big. Maybe you've heard some things. Maybe it's been negative about faith. And I, I don't know what your background is to all this. But I encourage you, just open your heart to hear what the Bible has to say. And thank God not only that, but you have the teacher on the inside of you. I mean, I can just communicate a few things to you, but he makes it come alive in you. So we look to the Holy Spirit to teach us all things. Right? And I, I'm, I'm very careful with this, but at the same time, I'm also very bold about this because it matters where you go to church. If they don't talk grace, faith, it's life or death for people. It's, you know, my marriage making it or not. It has everything to do with, okay, are my kids making it or not? Or am I seeing my job being successful? Am I seeing my bills being paid? God is not interested in you just barely making it. He wants you living the victorious life so it matters where you go to church and who you're feeding off of. Who's your pastor? Who is somebody that you listen to? What are people that are you hearing on a regular basis? Because whether you realize it or not, it's either giving you faith or it's not. Like I think on every message, I said this before, but you know in the cereal boxes you see sugars, you know, proteins, calcium, all that kind of stuff, right? The list of nutrition's facts. I think every message should have a nutritional list on there. Was there any faith in what was being preached? No, I ain't listening to it. Is there doubt and unbelief? Bye-bye. I'm not going to pour that in my bowl and start working that down. Glad we're all excited about that. I'm a little bit hungry, as you can maybe see. Okay. <laughs> so let me just answer this. So why faith? There's, I'll just give you the three reasons that I have. Number one 
It's how the Father functions. It's how our Father functions. It's how He lives His life. Number two, faith is the only way to please God. It's not just one of the ways. It's the only way to please God. And thirdly, number three, that if I don't live by faith, I frustrate the grace of God. Are you ready? Okay, let's just talk about this a little bit. So first, number one, it's how the Father functions. It's how He operates. It's how He lives His life. I think it's so wonderful. You think about it. The world that we're living in today, everything that you see, the sun that we woke up to, the, the moon that went to bed, we went to bed at that night. Man, you think about all this. Where did it come from? If you just stop and think about it for a moment, it came from words. Everything that we're seeing, the trees, the snow, everything that we're seeing, we all, it all started by somebody speaking it. By God saying it, and there it was. In Hebrews 11.3, you'll see this. It says, For by faith, you have it on the screen? For by faith we understand that the worlds were framed from the word of God, and so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Now Psalm 33, I'll just look at these verses for a moment. Let the godly sing for joy to the Lord. It is fitting for the pure to praise Him. Yeah, click. Praise the Lord with melodies on the lyre. Make music for Him on the ten-stringed harp. Sing a new song of praise to Him. Play skillfully on the harp and sing with joy. For the word of the Lord holds true, and we can trust everything He does. He loves whatever is good and just, and unfailing love for the Lord fills the earth. The Lord merely spoke, and the heavens were created. He breathed the word, and all the stars were born. <laughs> he assigned the sea its boundaries, and locked the oceans in vast reservoirs. Let the whole world fear the Lord, and let everyone stand in awe of Him. For when He spoke, the world began. <laughs> I just love this. It appeared at His command. Now I want you to go to Genesis 1, because I'm going to give you... Within this, it's how our Father functions. I'm going to give you just two examples. And here it is just, it's from creation, and then I'm going to show you Abraham. So creation in Genesis chapter 1, the very, very beginning of your Bible. <coughs> Excuse me. Genesis chapter 1. And look at verse 1. And this whole verse, this whole chapter is amazing just to see. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Now look at verse 3. Then God said. So what, what did He have over everything that He saw? The earth was formless, it was void, it was dark. What did He say? Light be. Look at verse 4. And God saw. So I want you just, you may have read this over and over again. God said something and then He saw it. Again, we're talking about why faith. It's because it's how our Father functions. God said something, then He saw something. Now look at verse uh, 6. Again, God said, verse 7, and that is what happened. Okay, look at verse 9. God said... And the very end of that verse, and that is what happened. And I said this last night, and I think it was inspired, so I'm going to say it again. Uh, I, I've recently watched um, my Big Fat Greek Wedding. It is awesome. 
I want to be Greek. <laughs> Number two. And you know the Gus, the dad? You know the really Greek dad? that You give me a word and I'll prove that it's Greek. It comes from Greek. Well, he just said every time, like, and then this, it comes from this, and it comes from that. So there you go. Everybody say it with me. There you go. So every time God said something, and there you go. <laughs> every time God opens his mouth, and there you go. So God says, let the waters beneath the sky flow together in one place, and there you go. If God says, you are healed by the stripes of Jesus, and there you go. Whatever he says, there you go. So I think Gus is just like God. <laughs> Made in his image just like that. But it's not like, so every, you see all these verses in Genesis chapter 1, and God said it, and God said it, and he said it, and he saw it. And there you go. But then when it came to verse 26, it came to you and I, and now all of a sudden this image that God had, he had an image of the whole world, and he spoke out what he saw on the inside of him. He saw, he had a vision of what he saw of the earth, of the animals, of all these things. And so he said it. But when it came to us, to mankind, he said, let us make human beings in our image. He didn't have an image of us on the inside. He was the image for us. He was the image. So he took himself and said, okay, you're going to be just like me. A man, this is exactly what you are. This is exactly how it's going to be. So there you go. So he says, Thou they will reign over the fish of the sea. And so you read on it, it says, And so God created them, and then he blessed them, and he said, Have dominion over the whole earth. And there you go. And, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and from that we see this is how God operates, so this is how we operate. Yeah. We don't say what we see. We say things, and then we see it. This is how we're supposed to function. Right? I mean, even coming into the kingdom of God, don't when you've accepted Jesus Christ. How do you know that you were brought into the kingdom of God? You've never seen it before. You said it, and now you experience it. That's how this whole thing creates. That's how this whole thing operates. So we've got to, and I, I want to encourage you, we have to understand how our Father operates. It's not okay just to be operating the way that you're operating. Saying everything that comes to mind. Oh, I guess I just don't have a filter. Ha, 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 ha. The Bible calls you a fool. You can't control your words. You got people talking all over the place and they got opinions on that and opinions on that. Did God tell you to say it? Because if he did, then you can say, there you go. But if he didn't, it's just going to come back on you because how you judge is going to come right back on you. So I'm really watching myself. I don't want to say anything that's contradicting to what he says or going against his creation. I can't afford it. It's not worth it to me. <laughs> the next thing I want to make mention of is just looking at Abraham. <laughs> Man, I just think it's amazing. God spoke, and when he said light be, that wasn't the sunlight. It was his glory coming back into the earth. Light be, and at that moment, 187,000 miles a second is the fastest speed of light travels. So to this very day, at this very moment, every second that goes on, light is still zooming through the galaxy. Wow. Yep. doesn't stop. He's life. He doesn't retract from it. Light pursues on. It continues to go. So that's how fast God is operating. 187,000 miles a second, that's pretty quick. <laughs> I mean, once you, once you go beyond that realm, now you're in the spiritual realm. 187,000 miles a second. This is how he operates. This is where he's at. But he's called us up to that place to flow with him. Hola. It's good news for you and I. Okay. Next, I want you just to see it from Abraham now. And again, I'm not, just, I'm not talking about Abraham per se. I'm, I, want, I want to show you 
This is how our father operates. So now Abraham at this point, he's 99 years old, and the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God. Whew, okay. Walk before me and be blameless. Verse 2. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. For I have made, everybody say this to me, I have made you the father of many nations. Now just stop for a second. 99 year old guy. Couldn't have kids when they were in their 20s, in their 30s, in their 40s, in the prime time of, well, 40s, 50s, oh, whatever's prime time for you, you go for it. <laughs> but whatever's the prime time for you, he couldn't even have that there. And at 99, God's saying, I have made you a father of many nations. Like, I know, we know the story now in hindsight of all this, but this was a real guy. He's a real man. And God says to a 99-year-old man, you are the, I have made you, not you're going to be one day, didn't say that. He said, I have made you the father of many nations. And I think this is where a lot of people are missing it, is they are not connecting with God because they don't understand how he talks. By my stripes, you are healed. Yeah, but God, look at what's going on in me. This is what's happening. You're missing how he's speaking. God, and I'll actually just hold that thought there for a moment. Um, now I want you to go to Romans chapter 4, verse 17. Because this is it right here. And again, this is Paul referring back to Genesis 17. And this is, again, he's kind of quoting what was spoken. He says, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. Right? This is what God said. I've called you this. In the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead. And notice this. And what does he do? God calls, what? Those things which, be, which do not exist. As though they did. This is how God talks. He talks to you about things which do not exist as though it did. So God says you're getting out of debt this year. How's that going to happen? He talks to you as the things that it doesn't exist. You're not seeing it at this exact moment. But he already speaks it as if it already did. This is how he talks. And again, why faith? Because this is how our Father operates. God speaks faith. This is how you communicate with Him. This is how you dialogue with Him. He says something to you, by my stripes, you're healed. You don't go, oh, God, it's not going to work. I, I still got this leg problem and my arm's falling off. Like, what? How is this all going to take place? You're missing what He's saying. He calls those things which be not as though they are. So what do you got to say? When God says that, you just go, I believe it. I'm training myself every time that I'm reading the word on my own personal self. Every once in a while, I'll just stop at a verse and say, Lord, I believe this. Regardless if I'm experiencing it, regardless if I'm seeing it in my life, I believe it. And we're eventually, we'll do some study on Abraham because Abraham, now he got it. We, we, we are now part of that generation. We're part of the seed of Abraham. Isn't that something else? Why didn't it all started simply because Abraham counted him as faithful to what he said he would do. He said, God, you said it. You are going to do it. We got to hold on to that. If God said something in his book, hold on to it no matter what comes at you. This is what God said. And I'm going to stand on it. Some of you got to take this thing and you got to hold on to that word like your life depending on it because it does. This is what he said. I am holding on to this. 
right? And we have got to understand this is how God talks. He calls those things which be not as though they were. And I'll just maybe just take a few minutes just to mention this too. God doesn't speak fear. He doesn't understand unbelief. He doesn't understand anxiety. He doesn't understand worry. God doesn't, not that he can't come down and, and you know, comfort you, but he doesn't speak that. So it's the same way, you know, when you go to a new country, a different country, right? You're spending, I mean, we've been to Mexico and we, you know, I watch him some soccer on there and a few once in a while you can hear the commentators and they're talking back and forth in extreme fast Spanish and I have no idea what's being said. Well, it's the same thing when people go up to God, oh God, why is this happening to me? Why did you allow this to go on? And God's just going, no comprende. I have no idea what you're talking about because he doesn't speak that language. We think that God hears every prayer. Does he? I'm just asking, does he? No, he doesn't. <laughs> if it's not lined up with his word, he has got no obligation to answer or listen to any prayer that's outside of his word. So we got a lot of Christians that are frustrated and angry at God even, wondering why is all this taking place, rather than always being on... My mama always said this to me. Joel will always be on God's side. No matter what the circumstance look like, always go on God's side. Okay, so what do I need to do? God, what do you say about this? Okay, I'm going to go to this. And now I can actually start talking to him because this is what he told me about this situation. That's how I dialogue rather than just, God, why is this going on? He's got no obligation to come and answer that. He's already fulfilled it all. And it's not that he's just this big meanie up there. He doesn't understand it. Hello, somebody. He, he doesn't get it. He's not speaking that language. We think that God listens to worry. <laughs> no, he doesn't. I've seen in my Bible that he's not listening to any of that. But he will answer the prayer of the just, those that come before him in truth. If you have got questions on things and you go, Lord, I, I really need your insight and wisdom on this. Show me this. He'll gladly show it to you. He gladly will. But if you come in with this, God, why are you? God, why is this? He's got absolutely no obligation to talk to you and I. None at all. And it's not because he's being mean or he's being harsh. No, he doesn't understand it. It just sounds like... Blah, 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 blah. I don't know. It's all, it's all Greek to me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. Now, if you think about it, God knows so much. He knows it all. And what do we know? Very, very, very little. So it requires you and I, I mean, 2 Corinthians 5.17, or sorry, 2 Corinthians 5.7, it says that we walk by faith, not by sight. It's a walk of faith. That means it includes steps. It includes stepping. What, okay, what is God saying to me? Okay, I got to take that step. There, there's steps involved in it. But I, because God knows so much, he knows the end from the beginning. He knows the whole thing. It requires that I trust his love for me. I trust his word. I trust him that he's going to lead me to good things, not evil things. I trust him in this. That's where this whole relationship comes. But God loves it when his kids trust him. I love it even my own self. I got you know, my, my little boys, when they want to jump off and do things with me. You know, Jace said this to me the other day because he was jumping off the table and you know, landing on me and it hurt like crazy. But I, Jace, I, I actually said, do you trust Papa? Oh, yeah, Papa, I trust you. Okay, I said, jump. <laughs> off he went. There is nothing that pleased me more than just to see him jump and I'll just catch him. That's what our father's like every single time. God will never go, jump. Oh, <laughs> I should learn a few things. Can't always trust the word. No, he would never do that because he's a good dad. Uh, anyway, okay. 
And last verse, just to prove that we're supposed to live by faith, Galatians 2.20. You can read it for your own self, or I'll read it to you real quick as it's here. <laughs> you guys are quick up there. Thank you. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but now Christ. Everybody say Christ. Christ. What's Christ? Is that Jesus? Yes. No. Christ, the anointing. The anointing of God now lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, how do I live? I live by faith in who? In the Son. Of, I don't have faith in my faith. I have faith in the Son of God who loved me and He gave Himself for me. This is who I trust. So when He tells me to give, gladly. Why? Because I trust Him. And that's the biggest one. In the financial realm. We won't talk about that today, but we're going to get to that. That's the biggest one. Okay, next. Number two. Oh, Joel, pick it up. Number two is faith is the only way to please God. Let's say that together. Faith is the only way to please God. Being good doesn't please God. Being nice doesn't please God. Praying because you know it's your duty doesn't please God. What pleases God? Faith. Okay, say it with me. Faith. It's the only thing that pleases God. Hebrews chapter 11. Again, look at this. Verse 5 and 6. Everybody, we're doing okay? We're, we're having a good... Okay. Okay, it says, by faith. And I want to encourage you through Hebrews chapter 11, read this book, because it shows you real life situations of men and women who by faith did something. God told them to do something, and by faith they did it. Like, by faith, Noah. Hey, Noah, go build a boat. You're in the middle of the desert. It has never rained on earth before, but build a boat because a flood is coming. Now, does that make sense? No, not at all. So what did he start to do? He started to build a boat. How long did it take him? Okay, I don't think... Did you hear that? 120 years to build a boat and he never saw a drop of rain. <laughs> Are you serious? Most people give up after 120 seconds. I didn't see it come to pass. I'll forget about it. 120 years and people looking at you like, what's wrong with you? You crazy old man. 120 years and he kept building a boat. That's diligent. By faith or by hearing from God, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. <laughs> Next one. So it says, without faith. Everybody say, without faith. It is hard to do? No, it's impossible. It's impossible. A message that I preach, if it is not done in faith, it is not pleasing to God. A worship song that we sing that is not done in faith is not pleasing to God. Every tithe that you give, if it's not in faith, it is not pleasing to God. So what pleases God? I do it because I trust Him. I do it because I trust Him. I do this because I trust Him. That's what He's looking for. What happens? It pleases Him. Now notice this. For he who comes to God, this is again talking and now your relationship with Him. If you're coming to God based on your right relationship with Him, you must, everybody say you must. you must, you must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Now the same way you and I, if we were to get somebody to, that doesn't know Jesus yet, we want to bring them into the kingdom of God, 
What do we have to tell them? What must they, the worldly, the sinner, what do they have to believe in order to be brought into the kingdom of God? Can they just believe, oh, I'm a good person, I'm a nice guy, I guess I can come into the flock? No. no. What must they believe? Romans 10.9 says, if you confess the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What must they believe? That God raised Jesus from the dead. You must believe that. How many of you believe that? Woo, come on. How many of you believe that? That's, I believe that. Don't be shy about this. This is the greatest belief that you and I have. I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. I love saying it because it makes the devil cringe every time I say it. God raised Jesus from the dead. Come on, let's say it together. God raised Jesus from the dead. Woo! What happens? You're saved. But you must believe that. Now, if you want to have a relationship with God, Hebrews 11.6 is telling us, you must believe that He is, and you must believe that He is a rewarder. So this isn't an option. God is very plainly telling you and I, if you want to be with me, if you want a relationship with me, you must believe that I am, and that I am a rewarder of those that diligently seek me. So let's begin. What does it mean to say that He is? It doesn't just mean that He exists. That's the wrong, that's not what it means. The devils believe that He exists. <laughs> right? What is it? They must believe that he is, so that God is an iser, not a wuzzer. I believe God was good. I believe God was a healer. I believe God was a provider. I believe God was an addiction taker. I believe that he was a caretaker. You've got to get it out of the past tense, out of even future tense, and you have to make it he is. Not God will do. Not God may do. God, you know, one day will do. No, he is at this exact moment. If you need healing in your body, God is is a healer right now. See, that's what faith is. Faith takes it out of the future, takes it out of past, and it makes it relevant for right now. God is her, not was her, maybe someday or he is her. Right? You, this is how we got to believe. If you're not seeing it this way, oh, God heals me one day. You'll never be healed. You're never going to see it. Oh, I hope, you know, well, God's going to break this addiction off me. You will never be set free. Whoa, that's kind of harsh to say. No, I'm just trying to show you the truth so that you can sh snap out of it. He is the freer right now. His addiction's on you. Whatever it may be, He is the freer, the liberator right now. Not tomorrow. Now. Everybody say it with me. Now. Now. He is. I believe that He is. That's why we can worship freely every single moment because He is present at that exact moment every time. He is. And then number two is, I must believe that he is a rewarder. You know what? The Lord said this to me. <laughs> uh, I wrote it down. But faith is convinced of benefit. It's convinced of it. I'm convinced that I'm spending time, I'm giving my life for the kingdom and for the gospel. I am going to be extremely blessed on this earth. People can say what they want. They can through say whatever. But he said that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. That's what I am. I'm a diligent seeker, so what do I get? I get reward. I have a beautiful wife that loves Jesus, number one, loves me second. I couldn't ask for anything more. If she loved me more than loved God, I'd be screwed. Why? Because I can't be what she needs me to be. I'm not God. But she loves Jesus. She loves me. And I got three amazing children. Healthy, strong, whole. Man, what they? they're growing up in the church. I couldn't be more thankful. I got a church family like this that love God and want more of God and want to pursue Him. There's nothing better than talking to hungry people. Ever anybody talk to dry people before? Jesus, I have. 
And I'll just, I mean, just to you know, brag on the church a little bit, this church is very easy to preach at. You know, when we get guests coming in, they go, man, I love it here. Man, this is awesome to be here. Can I come back? Do you know how many times I get texts from these guys saying, can I come back? Yeah. Wow. Well, we'll see. <laughs> if the Lord wills it, brother, we'll see. <laughs> but that, it's, so, it's so wonderful. Like, look what we have here. This is wonderful. We got a building. We got heat. Man, we're blessed people. This is who we are. Don't forget those. Where did all that come from? It came from our gracious God. Amen. Now, one thing I also want to make mention of this regarding Hebrews 11.6. But if you really just spend time looking at it, God is not pleased if I'm not receiving. If you look again, Hebrews says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So again, what is faith? Faith is simply receiving everything that grace has offered me. So if I'm not receiving, he's not pleased. Again, we're talking about why faith. I want you just to see it from a different perspective. We kind of go, God, I'm not seeing things in my life. What's, you may be frustrated. The giver himself is frustrated. <laughs> well, he doesn't get frustrated like that. I mean, he's not pleased. Why? Because he's trying to get something to you. Just, just think of it for a moment like this. God's not pleased when I'm not receiving. He's not pleased when I'm hurting. He's not pleased when I'm living, when I'm not in victory. He's not pleased when I'm depressed. He's not pleased when I'm struggling. So when is he pleased? <laughs> He's pleased when I'm receiving. He's pleased when I'm living a victorious life. He's pleased when I'm blessed. He's pleased when I'm victorious. He's pleased when you're happy. Think about that for a moment. Your God, our Father, is happy when you're happy. He loves that. Why? Because that shows that I'm receiving from grace. I'm receiving from Him. So when the giver is able to get across what He wants to give, it makes Him very, very happy. So I don't know about you, but I want to receive everything He's got because not only does it bless our life, but it also blesses Him. Have you ever thought about that for a moment? Instead of like that, I want you just to take about it. I've heard this said many, many times, is that we actually need help to misunderstand what the Bible's saying. We make it so difficult. Oh, man, I just need healing in my body. I just need healing in my body. How do you think God looks at it? Is God kind of like, mm, not quite yet. You need, to, you need to suffer a little bit more. You need to beg. Come on your knees and ask me. Is that what he's like? I don't want anything to do with him. What is he like? He's trying to get it to us. Constantly, he's this way. He's trying to come, come over here. Look at it this way. See it from this perspective. Look at it this way. I need you to get it. He, that's how he's like. I want you just to see it that way. So he's pleased when you're blessed. Now, religion would make you think different. And that is not my God. And that is not our God. Our Father is way different. Amen? And the last point, I'm going to just tie this up here, is if I don't live by faith, I frustrate the grace of God. Go to Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Can you give me about seven more minutes and I'll be, I'll be done? Romans chapter 5. Again, I want to just remind you of the place that you're seated. This is the place that you now stand. If you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, this is where you are. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore, and if you actually read back, what's the therefore, therefore? Read Romans chapter 4 a little bit into it and talks about Jesus was crucified for us and he was raised again for you and I to receive the blessings of God. Then he says, Therefore, since all that is true and taken place, we have been made right in God's sight by faith. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Verse 2, because of our faith. Everybody say, our faith. 
What is our faith? It's our trust and our confidence in Him. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us... Look, just because you trust Him, look what happened. Christ brought me... Oh, where? Into this place of undeserved privilege where I now stand. Can I ever be taken out of this place? No. Remember we talked last week, it's a secured redemption. You are here. You can't get out. I mean, if you really, 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 really tried hard, you may be able to, but that's very hard to do. But this is now where I stand, and I confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. So if I'm standing here in this place of undeserved favor, what would frustrate a giver? They don't give it. I've offered, you know, Jamie and I even personally, we give as the Lord tells us to give. There's been people on our hearts, we've actually just given and we've had some money. We've given it to them and just said, man, the Lord told us to give this to you. We want to bless you. Oh, no, I can't take that. No, 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 take it. it it's for you. Like, go on a date. Go, go buy some coffee. Do something with it. No, I just, I, I can't take it. And after much persuasion, they didn't take it. What does that do to a giver? Oh, okay. All right, then. That's, that's kind of weird. All right. How much more, and now that's just us, how much more does the giver of all givers, God himself, the greatest giver that ever will be, you can never outgive this God. He gave you Jesus, he'd give you anything. Now that you stand in this place of undeserved privilege, he wants to give you something? What would frustrate a giver more than anything else? Not receiving it. Oh, no, Lord, I'm, I'm not worthy of that. I just, you don't know what I did in my past. You don't know the mistakes that I've made. That doesn't please him. Take the gift. My personal love language is gifts. Take it. If somebody's offering you to buy you a book on a date, take it. How blessed were you by giving me that book? You were so blessed. She's just prancing all over chapters and now I've got to give my husband a book today. It's, it's great. Jesus even said it's better to give than it is to receive. This is who he is. Our father is this way. He constantly wants to give. Now this, someone has to receive by, from God by faith. Now I love this, this quote here. You only enjoy grace to what you receive by faith. So I just have my little silver platter here because if it was gold, I would carry it, but I don't have gold here, so I have silver. So on this platter, as you can see, my paper folded from yesterday. But on this platter is tons of gifts. Another word for gifts is God's grace. Here it all is. Eric, would you come up for a moment and be my... You stand in this. So now he's accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. I'm, I'm pretending I'm Jesus. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> and I brought him now into this place because he trusts me. I brought him into this place of undeserved privilege. This is now where he stands. Welcome. And now what he says, like you could read in 1 Peter chapter 2, that God has given us these precious gifts Right? We have everything pertaining to life and godliness has been given to us. We are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. Now we get all these gifts coming our way. He's a good giver. And so what he does is he now puts it in front of you and I. Here it is. Let's just read some of these things out a little bit. Eric, what does that say? Wisdom. Wisdom. Thank God. You don't got to be stupid no more. <laughs> Wisdom. Joy. Joy! You don't have to be sad no more. Keep reading them, Eric. I'll just let you, let you do your thing. Okay. You're a good actor. Direction. You need direction in your life. Oh, there it is. Oh. Freedom. Freedom! 
Strength. Strength. Come on, somebody. Huh. Righteous. I'm righteous. Protection. Protection. Health. Life. Favor. Peace. There's, and there's many more. This is just, I ran out of paper. <laughs> Here it all is on a silver platter for you. You don't have to work for any of it. You don't have to make your, you don't have to crawl in to get it. It simply belongs to you because I put my trust in Jesus. Now I stand in this place of undeserved privilege and favor. It belongs to me. Now I only participate or I only experience these graces, these gifts on the ones that I receive by faith. I have to take it. If I don't take it, I don't participate in it. But a lot of times we're begging, oh God, I need favor, I need health, I need something. Here you go. I, I'm really trying to get this across. Everybody say it with me. Come on, no, like you, you got to see this. Here you go. Everything that you need in this life, there you go. It is right here. But again, now where does the responsibility lie? Grace has provided it. What does faith do? Faith says, I see it in your word. I believe it. Freedom. I believe that he who sets the sun sets free is free indeed. I am taking hold of that. But what if I don't see it for the first week? What if I'm not feeling it in the first month? It doesn't matter. You go by what he says and you keep standing on it. You keep believing it. You keep confessing it. This is who I am. And you know what will happen? Eventually, it'll click. Oh, yeah. I see it. Now, you think of it, for example, like you know, you've got you know, just a picture of a big container of water. And there's a giant rock right here. And what's happening, this, this, uh, this water is not coming out just at a whole, a whole big sequel. It's kind of a little funnel type thing. And it's just dripping constantly on that rock. What's going to happen to that rock over a period of time? It's going to start, you know, going down, going further down, going further down. This is what it's like. If you're, there's things that you may have in your life for a long time, and we just kind of think, I'm going to just slap a prayer on it, and that rock's going to be gone just like that. Sometimes, yes, that goes that way, but that's not for you to decide. My job is to take hold of what he provided for me, not look at anything else, and just say, I believe that I am free. While I'm puffing that cigarette, if you want to get free of that, while you're puffing it, say, I'm free. Light one up. Say it. I'm free. Oh, I just got to quit. I got to quit. No, no, no. Light it up and say it between every puff. I am free. And you know what will happen? You won't even recognize the whole kick will just be gone. Why? Because it's by grace that it happens, not through your efforts. It's already been provided. Can you see what I'm saying? All right. Thank you, Eric. You may be seated. All right. So just to close this thing off, I want to just say this last word again. You only enjoy grace to what you receive by faith. Man, and we're going to get into this this month. That okay with you? Yeah, I'm excited about this because I believe there's going to be some answers for people. And that's our whole heart is we want people to see how a relationship with Jesus looks like. I think people have been frustrated in this Christian life and it's not, not God's fault. It's never been His intention. Religion came and complicated the whole thing up. Now we need to talk about relationship. Jesus never came to give you a religion. He had no desire for it. He came to give you...